Support for 100 watts in a wire is provided by BioNO Power. If you're looking for a power solution, check out BioNO Power, offering the best lithium phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W.com. LDG Electronics provides state of the art antenna tuners for every amateur need. An LDG desktop tuner works automatically with nearly any station and up to 1,000 watts. LDG power tuners are ideal for portable and mobile use as they consume almost no current and can be powered by internal batteries that last up to a year. LDG tuners are backed by our two-year, fully transferable warranty and our legendary customer service, the best in the industry. Visit us on the web at LDGelectronics.com. And now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Well, hello and welcome to 100 Watts and a Wire. I'm Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. And on this episode, we're doing a 30-day review. This time, the 40-meter Isotron antenna. You're saying, boy... You really got a thing for these isotrons, Christian. First the 20 meter, now the 40 meter. I had to try it. It's an interesting looking antenna. And when I said I had to try it, 30-day review is a peer review system. These are your peers here. They have a 100-watt ID, and they registered to be a reviewer. So here's how it all works. Go to 100wattsandawire.com, click the 100-watt ID tab, Fill it out, simple information, you're sequentially issued a 100-watt ID. Then you go over to the 30-day tab and say, look, I'm interested in being a reviewer. Your name goes into a big pool, and it's a lottery. So what happens is I just pick names, and if you respond back to me, I'll put you in with the product. You get it for 30 days. You come back on the show. We talk about it. Give the best review we can for the people of our community. It's basically a resource for you. It's your money. I don't want to tell you how to spend your money. These guys who are here with me today will tell us about the 40-meter isotron. Is it worth your money? So this is how you can get involved if you're interested in the 30-day peer review system. It's not me. It's members of our community. Okay? And so what happens is the show will buy it and send it out. And then 30 days go by. We talk about it, and you can keep it. Simple as that. Okay? The only payment we get is as a community, we get to talk about the different criteria. There's about seven of them, especially with an antenna. And we'll go through them tonight with our friends and community members. Colin is here. Kilo India 5. Juliet. uh, uh, I'm sorry. KI5 JVO. Dale is here. AB4 DK. And Dan, November 4, Mike, India. We'll start with Colin, and uh, we'll bring him in. But let's start this 30-day review with the packaging. Very simple here. It either, you know, passes or fails or whatever. It came, uh, you know, you're like, hey, what's going on? Kilo India 5, Juliet, Victor, Oscar. Hello, Colin. Let's talk a little bit about the packaging and what you thought when this antenna arrived on your doorstep. Yeah, good evening, Christian. Glad to be on here. Appreciate you uh, doing the 30-day review thing. Awesome. Uh, Packaging, 
showed up on my front doorstep uh, in a nice brand new looking box. No dents, no no nothing showed up perfect. I had no complaints on how they had it boxed up at all. I ask this because we know as ham radio operators, when we buy things, we get very particular with our money. And you know, oh, this yeah. this antenna here is about $160 antenna. Would we have bought it on our own? I don't know, but that's why we're here. We're here to talk about, would you do that? And when I get things on my doorstep, I look at them and I go, oh no, man, I don't know about this box. I don't know if this was double boxed, but it came to you and you felt okay about it. Yes. Very confident in the way it, the way it was packaged and sent to me. Beautiful. All right, let's move over to Dale. Alpha Bravo 4, Delta Kilo. Uh, Dale, uh, you've been a ham for a good long time, and uh, I'm just guessing that by the beard length, you've got a nice, long, <laughs> robust beard. Tell me about the packaging. Did it did it meet your needs and your criteria? The package arrived in uh, perfect shape, uh, Christian, and uh, we do appreciate you doing the 30-day uh, review program. It's, it's uh, a pleasure to get to participate, but the package was uh, overall very good. It even uh, even down to the details internally, it had uh, special blue block glue blocks uh, glued to hold the aluminum panels in place so they wasn't slipping around, sliding around. So uh, components were wrapped good and uh, protected. Uh, very good package and arrived in good shape. That makes it that makes you feel comfortable inside. And hearing that matters to me. That's why it makes the the criteria. Dan is here, November 4, Mike, India. Let's talk a little bit about the packaging. As far as you're concerned, how did it arrive? Did it sound like it, it came the same way as the fellas? Yeah, I'll echo um, you know, their, their comments on that. It came, it was uh, very sturdily packed. Everything was, was wrapped in there with good wrapping paper. I would say that they must have used Gorilla Glue to, uh, to seal that box closed because it did take me a little effort to get it open. Now, tell me this. If you'd have spent that money, $160 for that antenna, that's okay for you. It would have arrived. And I I hear some of the guys will say, listen, you know, I plan on putting this thing up outside. It's going to get beaten up by the weather. Packaging isn't that important to me. To me, it is. But it sounds like it met the grade for you. Yeah, definitely it did. And uh, I'm with you. I mean, uh, you know, even though I might be putting it up outside, I would like it to start in pristine condition at least. Right. All right, the 30-day review of the 40-meter Isotron antenna moving into the manual. Now, this is always an interesting one. Some hams are like, manual? I don't know about having a manual. Who needs a manual? And then there's some very highly technical people who look at the manual and go, I don't know, man. You you could have done a lot better than that. I'm, I'm on the uh, non, not so technical but I need that instruction for me. Let's see what the fellas think. Colin, KI5, Juliet, Victor, Oscar. What do you think? Uh, the manual, it was, it was laid out pretty basic. Uh, I hope, I'm, I'm curious to hear from the other guys what they thought about it. Um, it, it, it got straight to the point on laying everything out. I think they could have worded a few things a little bit better. But between the, hey, there you go. Yeah, pictures of it. Between the pictures there and looking at pictures of it online, I had no troubles putting it together. So there was just a few things here and there. I was going to try to look back over it and remember what they were, but I'll, I'll look at it here in a minute and try to remember. 
Yeah, we'll go. Overall, it was it was pretty good. Dale, AB4, DK, um, we've got we've got a couple of images we can share with the friends on YouTube. Um, this thing came to your box. You opened it up. You looked around. You pulled out the manual. Are you a manual type of guy where that's very important to you, or was it intuitive? What, how did you approach putting this antenna and taking it out of the box? Uh, the manual was a pretty good uh, product. It, uh, although it was, uh, you could tell it was a copy, copy or reproduced item, but it overall complained, uh, contained all the things that you needed to make it complete. All the needed information was there, and uh, of course, again, the packaging was great. But it, it had the details, uh, even down to making the adjustments and the fine tuning set up before. So. I would rate the manual at least about a five seven. Uh, it could have been packaged maybe a little more professionally, but uh, good package. I think I remember from the twenty meter isotron that the guys were talking about. You know, it looked a little looked a little dated. I, I believe that they they said. Uh, did you go back and look at it on the um, website? I think they may provide it there as well. But did you check into that? I did. I also uh, pulled up the site and looked at the manual there and. Uh, Printed my own copy, which was more cleaner. Uh, you could tell it uh, had been reproduced over and over and over on the copy machine. But it uh, it, came, it contained the information we needed, uh, the instructions, uh, the how-tos. It was pretty intuitive. There was a couple little areas where you had to really check, double-check, make sure you had the bolts in the right place and things of that nature. But overall, pretty good. Now, Dan, I'm a little bit extra. I think that's what the kids would say for me. I'm a little extra. I like to have the physical manual, and I like to have it online. I do wear glasses out in the field. I got to take them off. I'm putting them back on. So the manual for me is a, an important thing to have it in a couple of locations, and I like to have it in hand. What did you make of the 40-meter Isotron uh, and its manual? Okay, so, well, the paper manual that came with it, um, you know, what was described before is pretty accurate. Let's call it retro. That's what it uh, kind of reminded me of, an old, old school uh, manual that, you know, came uh, of that type. But, you know, uh, when I uh, opened the box and saw all the pieces in there, I kind of realized that I probably wouldn't want to try to put this antenna together just guessing where the parts go. Um, so the manual and the diagrams in there were good. Um, they helped do that. I, there were a couple of places where you needed to read the manual kind of closely. Um, instruct, construction of, or installing it went pretty well. We'll talk. I know we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but I found, you know, kind of going back afterwards, reading the section on how to find the resonant point in the antenna and the tuning, you had to pay a little bit close attention to that. And also kind of after the fact, uh, I probably didn't review it as uh, closely as I should have. It's a little bit picky about where it's installed. Uh, so you do want to check those parts out because I had to do a couple of redos because of that. Now, when you open the box up, did it, uh, you know, and, and all hams are different in their experience levels. Did it, did it look like a big, did it look a little intimidating when you open? To me, it looks a little bit like a large egg beater, if I'm being honest visually how this looks and the curb appeal section i'm interested to see what you guys make of that when you put it up there did it look a little intimidating at all or was it was it something that you were like i can kind of see how this goes uh, well i looked at the picture of it first and could could kind of visualize it but uh, you know there's enough enough bolts and funny looking parts in there that you want to make sure that uh, you know where everything goes and I, I don't think i had to do 
a reassemble. It was it was more um, with how I had it mounted, um, where I had to to do a redo. But but yeah, it's uh it is a funny looking beast. It looks like a like a science experiment. Yeah, and I uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I look at that antenna and I see you know 160 bucks, and I look at it and it really does look sort of like a fancy large egg beater to me and. It doesn't look like it has so many parts, but then again, I've never held it. These didn't come through me to the guys. Uh, they went directly to them. Uh, so it's always interesting to see if the manual was representative of what was in that box and if that was very helpful. Moving our 30-day review into a new section and one I know people enjoy, and it's the install. How did these guys install it? Was it easy? Let's take a look at that, and uh, we'll move over with Colin. Colin, KI5JVO, let's talk about your install. Yeah, my install went great. I just uh, took down my two-meter base antenna off my 30-foot push-up pole. So I drug it down, put it right up there on the pole that I had it on, used the same coax, and uh, got it setting up at about 25 feet. I didn't go the full 30 feet up. So that, that's my setup, just right off the back of the house on a about 25 feet up on a push-up pole. Okay, 25 feet. If that's Yeah, what did they suggest to you in the manual that you get it? They, the higher the better? Is that kind of the idea? I, I, I never saw, I didn't unless I didn't read the manual thoroughly enough to catch that part. I, I looked for it, but like I said, maybe I, maybe I missed it. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ever see a spot. I could be with you on this, though. It was sort of like you had to take an antenna down and to put another one up, and you're kind of putting it up in the conditions that you can. Okay, so yeah. I, I totally get that, and we'll talk about performance here in just yeah, a little almost, bit. Yeah, I almost wanted to jump ahead. You're trying to <laughs> slip it in on there. I see you. You're <laughs> sneaky. Hang in there, Colin. We'll get to it. I know people get really excited about hearing uh, that stuff, too. Dale, tell me what you uh, tell me a little bit about your install and... Uh, for our folks, again, on YouTube, we have a couple of images that we can share uh, with those as well. Tell me what you found, Dale. Well, my install was a little bit different uh, than uh, stationary. I'm a, I'm a big parks on the air guy, portable operations. And when I first saw this antenna, I thought this is going to be perfect. It's small enough to set up portable. So uh, I've got a military mass pole type assembly on a, on a bumper hitch mount on my van and uh, I mounted mine about uh, about 15 foot off the ground and coax in set up to the uh, old ICOM 7100 portable and uh, started activating some parts so uh, the performance on it was great but uh, we'll get into that as you say a little later on one thing I'll say on the assembly part uh, it was lacking some lock washers that uh, needed to be included with that assembly to help maintain it and hold it tightness. Was that the first time I assembled it, I uh, traveled with it, and it was already loosened up by the time I got to my site. And so we had to do some adjustment, retighten everything up, and check it out from that point. But uh, my install was a little different. It, it, it's a portable type installation and uh, works great for 40 meters. I heard you, uh, you're a member of our Discord group, and you were posting, you were out there doing it, and I heard you one time, uh, as the guys would say, gangbusters coming in, but look, I'm jumping the gun now, I, I gotta stop, we can't go, you gotta tune in and listen now, 
You listen as we go. We're going to talk about the performance there. Uh, height above ground. It looks like you've kept that at a reasonable, like Colin, um, you know, how, how high were you? About 20, 25 feet? I was 15 foot off the ground. 15? Set up. Wow. Yeah. Uh, three military sections. They're about four foot. Mm -hmm. And I'm about uh, two foot off the ground above the hitch mount on the bumper. Very clean. And uh, I, I did have to change out the U-bolts. The U-bolt assembly would not attach to an inch and uh, three-quarter inch military mass pole. Mm -hmm. So I just got some larger U-bolts uh, drilled out the hole and put the bigger one in and mounted it right up. It's really slick. Goes together good, up easy. I can pull up to a site, the part, and be set up and ready to operate in five minutes. Okay. So with your assembly and your install, you had to do a little improvisation, and maybe in the pros and cons a little bit later on in this review, we'll talk about things maybe we can improve. All right, sure. thank you. So height above ground there. you got 15 feet. you got uh, you got a push-up mass, that sort of thing. It's a pretty low profile at this point, and we'll get into performance in just a little bit. Dan, November 4, Mike, India. Let's talk about your install a little bit. What would you do? Okay, well, it took me about an hour probably to put the whole thing together following the instructions. Uh, I don't remember about the lock washers. That might have been an issue for me. I had a few pieces left over, and that always worries me. Like, you know, what did I miss oh. within there? But uh, but it went together. Um, once I tightened it up, it was sturdy. Um, I have it on a 28-foot um, heavy-duty uh, fiberglass telescoping now, I did notice somewhere in the manual that it very much recommended mounting it on a on a metal mast, and I don't know if that might have affected some of the issues that I had later. But I'll I'll wait till till the till the testing part to to talk about that. But I had a had a, about a hundred feet of uh, RG two thirteen going from that uh, coming into the to the shack, um, and then uh, because uh, because it was on that mast, I had to use a ladder to mount the antenna, and then also to do all of the adjustments during the testing. I'll tell you, I had a good bit of uh, exercise going up and down the ladder. Um, I don't want to jump ahead to the testing, but... Uh, yes, you do. We all do. We're all, we all want to get there. We all want to hear how she did. But uh, about how high did you say? Um, well, okay, the mast is about 28 feet. Um, okay. If you extend it fully, I would say I probably had it about 25. We put an image... Uh, in this, we're also recording video along with the audio podcast, so you will be able to go to the 100 Watts and Wire YouTube channel to see some of the images of this particular antenna. And it does look a bit higher there, and I'd have to say if this was my antenna, I'd be doing a similar setup as you are doing there, Dan, and it looks like you got it up there to highest. So yes, I'm really curious to see um, to see how it, it went for you there as we get into uh, the other things, the bench test. Speaking of the bench test for our 30 days, 100 watts and a wire 30 day peer review of the 40 meter Isotron antenna, a little bit different visually than the 20 meter we did a couple of months back. Now we're going to get into the nitty gritty, the bench test. Let's find out how she did on the bench. When you put it together and you're looking at the SWR and doing the... Uh, a B test. Ooh, that's a little loud. That's a little loud coming through. Uh, Colin, uh, Kilo India Five, Juliet, Victor, Oscar. Let's talk about when you put it on the bench test and looked at some of the SWR. What'd you see? Yeah, uh, Christian. When I first put it uh, on my MFJ antenna analyzer without the 
little adjustment doohickey thing, whatever they called it. Um, SWR was reasonable, um, but I found later after I went back to the manual and added the adjustment piece to it that I was able to get the best I could get it. I, I, <laughs> like uh, Dave or I can't remember guy previous here said, uh, I had a few trips up and down the ladder trying to get it fine tuned, you know, right, right in the middle of the phone band. And, uh, I, overall, I think I got it to a one seven, 1. 1.7 was, was as low as I could get it where I wanted it. And that's not bad. That's not bad. No, I mean, anything two to one and under all. for me, it will work. Okay. Especially at that height. That's pretty cool. But I could see yeah. you doing the, um, how did this, t- what's the process to tune this antenna? Do you, I mean, you mentioned going up and down the steps and the ladder, and so did Dan. What do you have to do? Right. You've got to pull something out? What, what's happening there? Remember, well, it looks like can, a bit of an egg beater. Right. If you pull up a picture there of the antenna, you'll see a, a little metal rod sticking off to one side. Mm. Uh, you can't really see it in that picture. Uh, I can't, one of the other guys' pictures, they shared with you had a pretty good you could see it real well basically all you had to do was tilt it up or down whichever way i can't remember to get your frequency now there's i see uh, the pieces laying over there to the right yeah this before uh, the build anyway so you've got you've <laughs> yeah. got a you've got a piece that you need to kind of yes. negotiate yeah. to get the swr yeah you just you go uh, um, like i said whichever way it was up or down to get it higher or lower and then if you needed to, you could add the little square uh, metal plate on the end of it. Yeah, you can kind of see it up there to the left. There um, there uh, it is. There it is. You see it hanging over there. See, he had to add the little square uh, piece of metal to get it lower. I didn't have to add that. Uh, that's not the direction I needed to go to get mine resonant where I was wanting it. So, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it wasn't bad, but I just noticed – one, I, I move it very far one way, it, it went crazy and jumped. And then so I went to fine tune it, trying to fine tune it little by little. And it, it wasn't, after about the seventh time up the ladder, I, I said 1.7 is good for me. <laughs> yeah, that works for me anyway. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Dale, you had this thing out in the field there. Did it make you a little crazy tuning it or did you get you hit the sweet spot? Not too bad. Uh course i played with it a little bit before i actually uh went out into the field but uh setting up in the field at my height uh i fired up the old rig expert uh, uh stick pro analyzer and tapped it on uh first out of the box we were about 2.0 to 1 and uh, the tuning stub uh, is what i call it the uh, it, it is adjustable and the instruction manual said you could turn it up to the top uh, kind of and it makes it more resonant on the higher parts of the band or turning it down low pointing down was for the middle lower parts of the band so I ended up at about uh, 1.6 to 1 uh, at 7.200 I wanted to try to get in the middle of the 40 meter band and uh, oddly enough I ran a sweep with the analyzer uh, through the bands and uh, remarkably it was actually resonant on a couple of other spots really well. So it ended up being resonant at 446.000 at 1.08 to 1. 
and also at 53275 at 1.06 to 1. So I could use it on 6 meter or 440 as well. It, uh, it was remarkable and surprised that it even uh, it leveled out on those two additional bands. So, Okay, very good. Dan, uh, let's talk about your, your bench test there. Tell us what you saw when you hooked it up. Okay, well, I used a, um, a Comet antenna analyzer to tune it, and I was aiming to get it the, the low end of uh, 40 meters, or mostly for CW and digital. I initially had kind of a difficult time. I didn't put the, the little um, tuning arm on there initially, and you can see in that picture where I had a, um, um, uh, I guess, a, um, an unun on there with some ferrites, and that I ended up taking that off because uh, it didn't seem to help anything, and in fact, seemed to hurt it. One of the things in the manual it, it, it said um, was that these prefer to be on a, uh, a, a metal mast, and mine was on a, um, a fiberglass mast. I don't know if that affected it, but I do believe it was affected by that chain link fence right below it, which is mm -hmm. goes around about three quarters of an acre. So when I had it lowered on the mast, I have a feeling that was doing initially um, my first uh, shot after I got it up there, it was a little bit over three. Um, and I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, since I didn't have it on a metal mast, I tried adding a, uh, a counterpoise to it just to see, you know, if that would help out a little bit. Um, because uh, it mentioned in the manual attaching um, the ground to the metal mast, which I guess would have been the counterpoise on a, on a metal um, mast. Um, but uh, I did that, put the tuning arm on there um, and lowered it uh, down there. And I was able to, to get it down to about 1.6 um, when I pushed the antenna up. When I got it up to full height, it came down to 1.6, which leads me to believe that that fence probably was um, creating some, some issues there. But 1.6, I'll live with that. Um, sure. And I had it on a LDG tuner, so that was going to clean it up uh, just fine. All right. Very good. All right. The 30-day review even. I'm fine. I'm fine. I haven't been drinking. Come on now. It's too early in the week here. Uh, the 30-day peer review system continues now of the 40-meter Isotron antenna. We've talked about the packaging, the manual, the install, and the bench test. And uh, some good SWR readings. That's cool to see here with this very odd-looking antenna. But now, the true test of the 40-meter Isotron antenna may be the performance. And we're going to go over and find out how it did. Collins here, Kilo India 5, Juliet, Victor, Oscar. Colin, let's talk about the performance a little bit. What'd you find out? Yeah, the performance. Well, when I first put it up, I was actually kind of disappointed I, I didn't i didn't even try to work anybody uh i've i've got two other antennas i was comparing it to so i was able to flip between all three i was comparing it to my hustler four band trap vertical and my 80 meter delta loop and uh the noise level when i first put it up i was easily three even sometimes six db louder I mean, it was just picking up so much static and extra noise. But then I, I don't know if there was something weird going on in the atmosphere those few days. I don't know. 
but ever since it was just those first few days and now it's it, it may be one, a couple db louder on receive uh the noise um but overall it's it's really surprised me, Christian, the performance on this thing. Um, now, granted, you know my 80 meter delta loop, I would hope would 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 beat it. Um, but surprisingly, I was able to make contact to uh, Florida and California during the North American QSO party, and I was loud. I could hear them louder and transmit louder to them. Uh, better signal report on the isotron as opposed to my other two antennas. Wow. I was, I don't know, I guess the lobes coming off of it were perfect for Florida and I'm in Oklahoma, if anybody was wondering. So I'm right in the middle here. And uh, overall, I, <laughs> it, it performed, it, it completely shocked me, the performance on this antenna. I, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, it's not. I, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm going to go take down my vertical or my delta loop and stick to <laughs> the isotron because they're definitely better in most case scenarios. But I was able to make contacts all the way up north and even down into South America. So it it, it performed. And I think that's important <laughs> to hear that um, this antenna performed the way it did because HOAs, this could be a pretty good HOA uh, antenna. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm going to hold on to it, and if I ever run into a buddy that's in an HOA and can't put anything up, surely he can. <laughs> surely somebody can uh, disguise this or tell them it's yard art. I don't know what you, <laughs> you could use your imagination with it. Like you said, it looks like a giant egg beater. It's it's funky looking, but yeah, I think a man in an HOA would, uh, if that's all he could put up, hey, it works. It works great. I think hearing that you are in the middle and you went from kind of coast to coast, that's pretty cool, man. That's coast to coast cool. and all the way up north. So it's it's getting out and works great. Well, thank you for that, Colin. That's, a, that's an important piece right there. Dale, I know you're out there. You were running around and the, the members of our community that are in the Discord kind of could feel what you were up to. You were out there and you were pushing it out in a portable situation and you had some pileups. It was a little crazy, I have to say. And you were loud. There was a particular afternoon you were out there. Now I'm not. I'm not. I don't know anything about this antenna, but I can tell you this man was out there in a park, and he can tell you where he was. I don't know where he was, but you were loud. Let's talk about your opinions of taking this out in a portable situation. Well, I am. Uh, I'm a sold user on this antenna for portable ops, uh, parks on the air events. Field day, even it would make a good dedicated 40 meter antenna for field day. Uh, I was able to activate three parks. Uh, my first park was the Cumberland Gap National Park. This picture that just popped up is on the Tennessee side of the park. Uh, the Cumberland Gap National Park covers both Tennessee and Kentucky. And uh, first time around, I went to a new part of the park in Kentucky, which I'd never been to before. So I didn't have anything to compare it to. But, man, we had a pileup going on there. I was about 1,400 foot at that location and uh, had several drive-bys looking around at the old egg beater, you know, what is this the guy doing and whatnot. But uh, uh, the wife was with me uh, sitting on the pasture side, and we just had a blast uh, making contacts. Uh, actually, we, we activated the Tennessee side, and then later on in the afternoon, we ate lunch and activated the uh, Tennessee side 
as well as the Kentucky. I was uh, probably a couple of miles from Virginia uh, state line, but uh, we uh, all together those two days we managed about 145, 50 contacts, and then then I came back and activated my home park here in uh, Morristown, Tennessee, Panther Creek Park, and we ended up all together uh, a little over 200 contacts and just. Uh, Pile-ups were amazing. I had folks waiting on me. I couldn't get to all of them. And it was just a, it was a blast. So I can see this antenna being a great performer for MCOM setup. And uh, it didn't seem to me that the height made that big a difference. Like I said, I was only about 15 foot uh, high. And elevation-wise, I was no higher than uh, 15, 1,600 foot in either location. So, but it, it's pretty awesome, pretty awesome. So for you, you had a lot of volume. You had you were you were bringing a lot of stuff in. When you got back, or maybe in the moment, was there any contacts that surprised you? Yeah, I was able to make uh, Iowa, Nebraska, and even made a contact in Washington State on forty meters. Wow. Uh, I went back and looked at. Uh, I did a map out of all my contacts, kind of similar to the Whisper map. You know, whoever could hear you, but uh, I was surprised. I, I made a two contacts in California, and we're from the Appalachians on the eastern coast of the United States, and uh, it, it was uh, it was pretty good performance. It's going to be my go-to 40-meter activation antenna. Wow. Wow. Okay, so once it's put together, easy enough to deploy. Pops right up. Uh, I'll leave it assembled to one of the four-foot sections. I'll just set the other two sections up and lift it up, set it in the holder, and uh, we're in business. Uh, it's really, really quick and easy. Uh, and I've got it marked on the adjustment. So if I get to banging up the tuning rod or something, other, you know, stub, I, I know where it's supposed to be, the directionality of it and whatnot. But uh, it, uh, it's pretty nice. It, it performed. I was totally uh, really surprised and uh, thankful that it did perform as well because we had uh, Jason, the old guy that uh, my friend started that POTA, uh, he said he heard me. He didn't, I didn't get to make his contact, but we had some POTA friends all around the uh, eastern, western United States, and, and uh, they all gave me uh, a shout out to my friend up in uh, Maryland, Robert. He's uh, he's listening in for me. I made three or four contacts with him, and he said I was as loud as ever. And I normally use a uh, 100 watts and a wire, pretty much antenna inverted ale but this this 100 watts and egg beater did real well <laughs> 100 watts and an egg beater i like that one let's move over to dan let's see if he had the uh the same thing you're hearing that it could do okay maybe in an hoa it definitely did okay portable he's out there free of trees power lines and and metal fences uh what do you think out there dan in terms of performance um, well, I'm not in a in an HOA, but I am in a in a neighborhood, and I do have uh, um, someone in the house who who cares what things look like outside. But um, on the performance of it, so I tested it um, using FT8 on phone and CW. I always used um, 100 watts uh, or less into it. So f um, I first uh, tested it using um, FT8, uh, and I was able to work pretty much all across the the country. Uh, on FT8. In fact, I think my first contact on uh, FT8 might have been 
um, Washington State. Um, and I was able to work some DX. As you can see there, it was being heard in the Caribbean uh, and, and over in Europe. And I worked a few few stations over there. Um, so, so it worked really, really well once it was tuned down to the, to the low end of the band. Um, and also uh, on phone um, and CW, I worked pretty much the same all, all the way across the country. It was a little bit less on the DX side for, for phone, um, but I did work a few uh, DX stations there. Um, the other thing is uh, I used it for all the 40 meter contacts I made during uh, winter field day because I, you know, I figured I would give it a, a really good workout. And I did uh, both CW and phone uh, on that day, and I made a ton of contacts uh, um, during winter field day. So it, it performed um, really well. Um, so one thing I can say, because I was um, A-B testing it with uh, an in-fed half wave antenna that uh, I've had out in the yard. And that antenna is kind of up high and in the clear. So I kind of expected that, you know, this might not perform quite as well as that. Um, surprisingly, uh, on the transmit side, being heard in other places, uh, it was pretty comparable. Um, where it kind of fell short was on the receive side of it so you know they say you gotta gotta hear them before you can work them right so um but not a lot just it was it was enough to be noticeable and that possibly may have been impacted by me not following the recommended mounting instructions had i had it on a metal mast i, I kind of wonder um, i, I think you would have been okay i mean i don't know i think you did okay it probably was your fence i agree i bet you it was the fence there because yeah. you know we have lots of fiberglass um mass and and they don't seem to interfere i gotta applaud you though dan i i think that uh you know we we get so wild about our field days we have a couple of uh special events that we do at least operating events with 100 watts and wire you know i think weeks leading up to it i'm going to use this antenna nope i'm going to use this one i'm going to use this one i'm going to use this one i want to whatever slam dunk i really applaud you for going out there and committing to this antenna on field day of all days where did you go in there thinking, you know, man, this could really, this could really tank me or, you know, were you just open? No, I was, I was pretty open to it. I, I mean, I'm not like a, a huge serious competitor uh, on field day. I don't, I don't really go. I, I know, uh, I know a lot of other people operate and they're going to get better scores than me. I just always want to do better than I did last year primarily, but um, also, you know, during the testing before field day, I already knew this thing could could reach out um, pretty much to to every state. Like I said, my first contact was Washington State from from Georgia, so I knew it could could uh, could make the cut. And I, and I think I had one contact in Japan, so I knew, um, you know, if the conditions were right, this would. And the and the conditions were good enough on winter field day to to make a lot of contacts with it. All right. Well, there you have it. There's a uh, there's a lot to dig into and into right there with that antenna. That's some interesting performance reviews from your peers of the 40-meter Isotron antenna. All right. Now here's one. We all have a significant, well, we may not have a significant others. We have neighbors. We have friends. We have people that come to visit. Uh, we do have partners, whatever. It's time to think about that curb appeal. Let's go to Colin and see... Uh, Let's see how this thing looked up in the air. You've heard us talk about a little bit like an egg beater here. Uh, tell us what you think about how it looked. Did it pass the Colin test in terms of looks? It passed uh, all my all my respects in far as looks. Like I said, I, I think it's more like a conversation piece now. Uh, I'm surprised I haven't had anybody stop and ask me what I got up there. 
of course, they've seen me put up all kinds of antennas on that push-up mast. And, you know, I've got an 80-meter delta loop strung up 270 feet of wire in the treetops and that vertical in the backyard. I'm sure all my neighbors already know me as that crazy neighbor on the radio. So, but I have no complaints about it. Like I said, hopefully, I would think maybe in an HOA you could somehow make it make it pass, I would think. I would think if you kept it below the roof line, say you're, you know, in the back of your home, say, and not the side, and if you're in an HOA and you kept it just below the visual of the roof line, maybe you'd right. be all right. Yeah. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I I see nothing wrong with the curb appeal. Like I said, I think it's kind of neat looking. <laughs> I like it. He mentioned lawn art. All right. Yeah. We'll take yeah. that. All right, Dale. Uh, let's go over to Dale. Dale, this thing looks like a uh, big egg beater. Did it make you hungry at least? <laughs> <laughs> After working those pileups, yeah, it, uh, it, it made me a little hungry. But uh, <laughs> I, I think it looks nice enough. Uh, you know, we're, we're antenna guys. Uh, a wire antenna is easier to hide. And, and I got some I got some funny looks, uh, some drive-by folks. One, one place I set up was just in a little... Out, uh, outlook area looking out across the mountain in the valley and I had a couple of drive-throughs looking at it saying uh, you know what's this is but it looks okay to me it works good it's great uh, I think it's a great portable antenna uh, well made assembled good and uh, it's uh, I'm I'm really uh, I think I got the opportunity to test it and use it I'd saw them advertised years ago 10 15 right. years ago was first introduced to AM radio, and uh, but I, I think it's got good good curb appeal. That's what I think is important about this. I mean, you know, I I think it's cool to hear you guys take it. I probably would yeah. not have purchased this antenna on my own because I look at it and I go, I don't know about that. And it's not about the curb appeal. It's just I don't know what that is. You know, I don't know if that's going to work. And at at that price point, I'm I don't know. But this is a chance to kind of get it out to you guys, you beat it up, run it through the processes, and it may actually open things up for other people who are like, well, I don't know, man, I heard this thing. So you would put it up at your house, though? Would you put it up at I your would. house? Okay. I would. I would mount it on the side of a tower uh, and use it for a dedicated 40 meter. Uh, I mean, I'm an old standby wire wire antenna guy, but uh, I would do it. I would mount it, I'd mount it perfectly. Okay. In fact, I'm going to take a look at the 20-meter version and uh, probably buy into one of those. looks a little different. It looks a little different than this. When I saw this, one, I was like, whoa, that is different. That's something different. All right, let's go check with Dan. Dan, let's talk about the curb appeal at your place there. Is this something that you think you'd keep up? Could it, you know, what's your opinions of this, personal and, and your neighborhood and your environment? Yeah, well, I mean, I may possibly leave it up um uh, I did take another antenna down uh, to to put it up on the mast, um, which is a dedicated 10 meter antenna, and I may want that up, give, you know, given what's uh, going on with uh, band conditions right now. So I may not leave it up there. I may uh, I may look for someone um, who lives in a HOA who might might use this and uh, and loan it to them. But I'm I'm keeping it for sure. Um, it's compact, as you said. It could could pretty easily be hidden. Um, somewhere or you could call it 
um, yard art. If you do, if you put it out there in the open somewhere, it, it's very likely to draw some attention because it is different looking. But you know, one of the things that I thought is you might be able to convince somebody that it's uh, an over-the-air TV antenna, which I do believe you can get exemptions for mm. um, in some uh, HOAs. I don't I don't know. I don't live in one. Or or you can mount it uh, below your um, weather station and say it's part of the weather station apparatus because most people might not know the difference uh, of it. But it, but uh, the the looks uh, of this thing belie um, its performance for sure. I, I'm with you. I probably would not have uh, purchased this for my for myself. Um, you know, just just uh, based on other, I, I guess my common knowledge of antennas. Yeah, you guys can look this up. It's uh, isotronantennas.com. And just do a search for the 40-meter isotron antenna. You'll find it there, and you'll know what we're talking about. As you're listening to this, this is kind of the the antenna that you may not pop on right away. You know, I don't know. I think the price point, it sounds, you know, what what the performance is, you know, it, it's something else. Uh, but 160 bucks, man, I'm kind of like, ooh, and I look at it, and I'm like, I don't know. This is helpful hearing the guys talk about it. Um, but you really have to think about the application and where you're hanging this in terms of curb appeal. Is this going to make the grade? Is it looking enough like a bird feeder? Interesting about a television antenna. That's something I hadn't thought about uh, with this. So uh, do with it what you will. I hope these are helpful for you. Now we're going to go into the part of the 30-day review. This is a peer review among our community members who took this antenna for 30 days or more and put it to the test, and have come back to tell you about it. We're going to get into the pros and the cons. Each member here of this cohort is going to talk about the pros and cons, if there are any, and then we're going to give our overall rating, which is a 5.5 to a 5.9. Okay, so we'll we'll end with a uh, uh, sort of a meter reading. 5.9, 5 5.5 is totally passable, so nobody gets hurt here in that. Uh, let's take a look at the pros and cons of the 40-meter Isotron. And we're going to start with Colin. Colin is here, and we'll bring him in. Uh, he's Kilo India 5 Juliet uh, Victor Oscar. Tell us a little bit about the pros and cons of this antenna, and then give us um, you know, any suggestions to the maker. If you want to give any suggestions, this is the time to do that, plus your overall rating. What do you think, Colin? Yeah, the pros would definitely be its size. I mean, if you think about a 40-meter dipole, how much room you're going to need to have for a 40-meter dipole, like we've all been saying, for a man in an HOA or lady, man or lady, uh, in an HOA, I, 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 I definitely could see this being a huge pro for somebody in an HOA. Uh, cons? Uh, other, the only con for me is that I, I, I have room to put up a bigger and like I said, better antenna. I've got the Delta loop up and different things like that. I really don't see, I really don't see any cons to it other than I don't, I personally don't see the reason to, for me to have this, this, uh, antenna, up permanently because I have all the other antennas for 40 meters. So. I can't really see a con to it. Um, any recommendations for the manufacturer? I'd have to go with uh, the other gentleman that said lock washers. I, fail, I failed to mention that. He brought that to my attention. I definitely, 
think they should add the extra 25 cents worth of or dollars worth of lock washers. Maybe it, I don't know if, <laughs> if it affects the performance or the tuning a bit. I don't know what it, it may affect the re- antenna in some way. I don't know. But uh, the lock washers would be, would be my main thing to tell them to add to it. In terms of a rating, you're five five to a five nine. What do you like? I'd give it a solid. How about a five eight? A solid five eight. All right, we'll take it. Thank you, Colin. We appreciate you spending that time, the thirty days with this product. And uh, hey, the guys have said if I got a friend who needs it, maybe that sort of I'm thing. Trying. We've saw portable operations become a thing. Emergencies. Uh, Uh, So there are different applications for this for different kinds of people. Colin's got enough room there. He's uh, he's got a couple other things going. I guess I could see if uh, my wire antenna and windstorm come through and knock my other antennas down. Hey, I could roll the push up pole down and throw this up on the push up pole and be right on the air on 40 meters that easy. So. I hadn't thought of that till you just said that. I, good, good. That might that maybe would be a good backup. I hadn't thought of that. There you go. There you easy go. to de- easy to deploy. We got a use. We got a use for Colin there. Dale, let's talk about the pros and cons uh, of your you know experience here. Any ideas for the manufacturer, and then we'll get into your uh, rating. Uh, very good, Christian. I I think the uh, the the pros. One pro thing is it's uh it's a very small package. It lends itself to uh, portable ops, which I'm uh, I'm uh, more involved with than, than not. Uh, but uh, in emergency communications in our area, we do a lot of testing sets, and, uh, and, and I can tell you this is going to be utilized with that for sure. Good good uh, good uh, field day antenna, portable setup in the field somewhere, operation, and I I feel like. Probably the one of the biggest uh, cons, if any, would be the lack of lock washers. That really locks down the unit, and I don't really think it affects the uh, the uh, tuning or setup or anything of that nature. It just makes it more rigid. And I read somewhere where uh, this antenna, if you compared it to a half-wave dipole, 40-meter dipole, this antenna has just as much surface area as that wire antenna does so and it's just put in a small package that's that's the pros and the cons uh pretty much i like it good deal all right let's go over to dan let's see the pros oh we got to go back we didn't get your uh rating five five through a five nine what do you think i'm a solid uh five eight uh just because of the uh and and leaning toward the five nine because it, it did give me a lot of good pilots working out on the parks on Okay, so you're five eight, but like a five nine on your peaks. Yes, sir. All right, that's fair enough. All right, Dan, what do you think here? Let's talk about pros. Let's talk about the cons, and any sort of tips for the manufacturer that they may be able to improve it a little bit. Okay, well, I mean, I'll say the first pro is that this thing actually works. Um, I had told somebody uh, before this started, a member of my club, uh, that I was doing this, and they said, "Oh, a dummy load. You're going to test out a dummy load." Well, it's not that. It's definitely not um, a dummy load. It definitely works. I mean, I wouldn't expect miracles out of it. I kind of go with what Dale just said. Uh, you know, it has uh, all electrically, you know, it's the same as a 40 meter, di- meter dipole. I did did find, you know, with my infed half wave out there, I think, you know, same 
length of wire, but probably more capture space uh, uh, up in the air made it a little bit better on receive. Uh, even before I heard, uh, you know, the other reviews, one of the first things I thought about this after I used it is it would be uh, great to set up uh, out in a field day location because it's so easy to do or for parks on the air and for, for MCOM. So I think it's a really good um, choice for that. Um, on the cons side of it, um, it only covers one band. So if you've got limited, uh, you know, options to put up an antenna, it might, you know, um, you, if you can only put up one antenna and you want to work multiple bands, it's a consideration um, for that. Um, the tuning for me was just a little bit finicky. Like I said, a bunch of trips up and down the, the thing. And I did have to, uh, to tune it again. Um, after we had a, a winter storm because it kind of, I, I don't know, expanding and contracting of the metal, maybe I caused it, but uh, I just lowered it, uh, adjusted it back to the way I had it, and, it's, and it seemed uh, to be good. And then finally, um, like I noted, and, and I tested it over several times uh, on the receive that uh, the, my wire antenna just did performed uh, noticeably better uh, on receive, maybe, maybe not so many dB. So I would, I don't have any really tips. Um, for the manufacturer, I think it's a good, good, solid antenna for for its use cases, um, and uh, I think maybe because some of the things I noted, and maybe just because of operator error, I, I'll give it a five seven. Okay, five seven. We got two five eights. Dale said it was peaking at five nine, but pretty much a five eight there. Let me ask you something about one as we add this into the pros and cons real quick, and I'll go back to the guys too. For a hundred and sixty bucks. Yay or nay? Is you've played with this? Now I don't like spending other people's money, but knowing that that's what this antenna costs, where are you on that price point? Is it is it up too high? Um, no, knowing the performance, I think I'm I'm okay with that um, with that that price range. I mean, not knowing this, I, I wouldn't get it simply because uh, I would be looking to probably have more band coverage than just one right one of the hand bands. Fair enough. Thank you for that. And it, it makes me feel good that we're actually providing this as a as a service uh, to others so they can know where their money is going to be spent. Dale, what do you think there, that price point there? For me, it's a, it, it sets me back a little bit, but I'm a little tighter maybe than most. I've got young kids in the family and like everybody else does. 160 bucks, knowing yeah. what you know today, you feel it's fair. Uh, I first heard about it. We communicated with you about it, and uh, I got to looking at it, and I thought, eh, it's a little pricey maybe, but uh, uh, overall, with performance and reviews and use, I think I'm, I'm okay with the, with the price tag. Okay. Fair enough. Let me go over and ask this young fella here, Colin. Uh, Colin's a hardworking guy like the rest of us uh, and, and don't know where you are in your life, but the price tag, 160 bucks. What do you think? Also, have a couple of little kiddos running around, so good. Uh, I personally, I wouldn't have spent one hundred and sixty dollars just looking at it. Uh, but as we go back, if I was sitting in an HOA and I needed an antenna and I heard that it did perform, I, I could easily see spending the one hundred and sixty dollars. It just for me, one hundred and sixty dollars for a for a single banded antenna at like forty meters. I like I said I, I couldn't justify it, but I could if I was in a different circumstances, I, I I could see spending 160 dollars for what it for what it would give you on 40. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for that. This may help somebody make the determination that makes me feel good inside that the money that is put out 
uh, for the test was actually beneficial in giving you a fair look at this antenna because, you know, I look at it now, I can listen to the guys. They were not under any sort of obligation to put this over. This was not provided by Isotron at all. This was purchased and given uh, to these guys to review. So that whatever they said was without bias. It uh, it came right out. They didn't have to uh, sugarcoat it for you at all. So I hope that helps. I, I definitely want to thank Colin, Kilo India 5, Juliet, Victor, Oscar, Dale, Alpha, Bravo 4, Delta Kilo, and Dan, November 4, Mike, India, for taking a look at the 40-meter Isotron, taking time out of their life to create a, a body of work, if you will, at least a criteria that will live on in the podcast. We'll put some clips up on the YouTube channel. So for people who do like to go portable, who do live in HOAs, this is a consideration for them. And you can spend your own money the way you see fit. All right. And if you're interested in being a reviewer, it's easy enough to do. You can get a 100-watt ID, just as these gentlemen have. Go to the website, 100wattsinawire.com, click the 100-watt ID tab, quick register. All your information is safe and easy. It doesn't get shared. You do become part of the mailing list, which you can opt in or opt out of if you like. But each week, I let people know what's happening. Look for our community gatherings on Saturday when we do our live streams, that sort of stuff. You're on the list. Then you go over and you can uh, become a reviewer if you want to. Just put your name in one time. And it's a lottery, and you can do just like these fellas did tonight, and hopefully uh, provide another, yet another, service for our great amateur radio community. All right, friends, uh, take care of yourselves and look after each other as best you can. And by all means, if you can, please try and stay above the noise. 7-3, everybody. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.